Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Welcome to TV Community. I am Elliot Shibley, and here with me, as always, is the serendipitous Robert Domena. Thank you, Elliot. And good morning, everybody. So before we get into this week's Travel Bites, we want to just go over what we have going on behind the scenes. Um, we Our website, we're growing it almost by the week. We're really focusing on creating a, a new newsletter. Well, we did create a new newsletter. And if you sign up for the newsletter, you receive a cheat sheet that provides you with uh, brief information on the various tools and options online that you can use to plan your trip. Highly recommend checking that out because we believe that it will be a very efficient tool to use uh, once you can actually travel again. So, so look into that. We're also promoting travel consulting services where you can sit down with me personally, one-on-one via Zoom, and I can help you plan your trip in detail. It's something that is new to the Traveler's Blueprint, and we are lo- really looking forward to connecting with you, our listeners, and helping you plan your trips. I mean, that's really what we got into this whole business for. And we're looking forward to, to growing that. We're actually creating right now travel traveler uh, travel blueprint tutorial videos. Try to say that easy, 10 yeah, times. It's very fast. easy yeah. to say. So those are in production and they're essentially going to be a scaled back version of the consulting services. They're going to be five 15-minute videos that sort of bring to light the essential parts of the tools that we look that we use to plan our trips. So look for those to be on our website in the future. We're actually creating a travel workbook and ebook that will further break this down into great detail how to plan your trip. And the workbook will actually set you up with the template that you can use to create the perfect itinerary for your for your trip abroad. So a lot going on behind the scenes today, and and we're really looking forward to helping you plan your trip. In addition to that, we've started a brand new podcast series called the Travel Around Table series, where we're going to sit down with- Which different... actually just aired on Friday. Right. The very first episode came out on Friday, and that was with COVID and travel. We sat down with Joshua Biggers of Biggers World, Kirsty and Christine of On Airplane Mode, and Palumi of uh, Black and Stoogie. So each, each month, we're going to have a brand new panel and a brand new topic. And the point of this is to really bring light the diversity of, of the travel community. You know, the reason most of us travel is because we enjoy the diversity of the planet, whether it's through the environment, through the culture, through the food, through meeting new people, whatever it may be. Uh, So this podcast series is going to explore that a bit deeper than we have been on our main podcast line. So look for that. Right now, we're going to start producing those once a month. And and we really hope you enjoy them. Let us know. Give us some feedback, whether it's through YouTube or or Instagram or whatever. Um, And our next topic is actually going to be on cultural appropriation. Yeah, cultural appropriation, cultural diversity, and and we have a really good panel. I'm really excited for that one. So uh, lastly, before we get into this month's Travel Bites, just if you're listening to this and you enjoy what you hear, check us out on our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We end up posting clips of this podcast. We end up posting pictures provided to us by our guests. So if you want something to add to the, the, the podcast you heard, you can now go to those social media outlets and engage with our guests, engage with us, and actually see the pictures that sort of wrap the conversation together really nicely. And and it's a great way to communicate with us. Last but not least. <laughs> I thought that was the last one. Now, did I say that? Did I say yeah, this last one? This, yeah. is, this is actually the last one. I'm sorry. We have a lot going on. We've been, we've we been taking full advantage of our quarantine time. So absolutely. Last but not least, coming very soon to the Traveler's Blueprint Pat. Pla- uh, 
platform is our very own Philadelphia tour guide. Keschler is going to be listed on our website. He's a Philly local and he has incredible guides to or tours to in, in Philadelphia and the yep. surrounding area from food to culture to history. He's an incredible guy. He's, he was on our podcast. We haven't released it yet, but you will now be able to book tours with him directly through the Traveler's Blueprint. So look for that in the very near future. And there will be updates once these things are all up and running. Thank you for all letting right, me get through my spiel. After that <laughs> long-winded introduction, let's actually get into the meat of it. So this week's Travel Bites, we'll be discussing the new Netflix series with Zach Efron, Down to Earth. We'll be talking about airplane travel and immunity passports. So essentially temperature checking and virus testing. And then we will be getting into international travel spots that U.S. citizens are able to go to, along with certain state restrictions if you're looking at interstate travel. And then we will end the conversation with an update on the elephants in Botswana. And then typically we tell you who is on for the rest of the month. All right, Bob, start us off. Okay. All right. So... I'm, I'm a guy, I don't know about everybody else, but I kind of, I, I have man crushes and I, I don't know if that's weird. My man crushes, um, they're always, let me just give examples. Like the rock is a big one. How, how do you not man crush on the rock? Joe Rogan, obviously is a big one of mine. Um, there are a few others, but now I think I have a new one and it's uh -oh. Zac Efron. Uh -oh. I so I watched Zac Efron's Netflix show and I know there's conflicted opinions on how he was able to articulate what he was actually seeing and enjoying and experiencing. But I, I love the whole premise of the show where Zach and his co-host, Dan Olian, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Darren. I'm sorry, Darren. What did I say? Dan. Dan, I'm sorry. Darren Olian traveled the, the, the world and really sought out sustainable technology and while simultaneously seeking out healthy food, but sustainably grown and produced healthy food. Which I and think so, kind of goes <clears throat> hand in hand. It seems right. intricately yeah. tied. The premise of the show is great. Now, Darren sort of is the mastermind behind it. This is his life's work. And Zach Efron read his book or heard Darren on a podcast and through that reached out to Darren to say, what you're doing is great. I'm going to be a part of it. And Zach brought the celebrity to the show the face of the show and really i think it it, it it helped it take off because i don't know if darren would have been able to blow the top off of netflix without his help so i know there's a lot of critics and you were one of them and i've read countless articles now where people are like you know zach this broy white privileged <laughs> man is trying to tell us what to eat and what you know about the environment and yeah i get it but he's but he, he is he's, he's doing it He's and we're learning it. about the environment and sustainability. Right. How many people watched like that show. show because Zac Efron was on it and how yeah. great it was because of, of that. But um, the, the, the countries they visited and the places they visited were incredible. We actually went to one. They went to Lima, Peru. I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, it's like the second to last one. But from geothermal uh, energy innovations in Iceland, sustainable farming in Costa Rica, which I think you're really going to enjoy as having spent time on a sustainable farm in Costa Rica. They went to an ayahuasca retreat in Iguitos, Peru, which we didn't go to Iguitos, but no. And, and I should say they didn't actually do ayahuasca. They did other um, the healing methods, whatever you want to call them. They tried other stuff out. They didn't get into the psychoactives there, which it would have been incredible to see Zach Efron on. <laughs> Alaska in, in the jungles of Peru. And they also met with centurions 
and I believe I pronounced that correctly, in Sardinia. And Centarian is a person who lives to 100 years old. So this is something that I read about in National Geographic maybe a few months back, but there are these blue zones throughout the world where people in high population live to 100 or older. And there's now studies on their diets and why they live that old. What they found in Sardinia is that it's a high vegetable, high high vegetable and high carb diet, which blows the lid off of what we in the United States consider uh, the great diet, which is always high protein, maybe high monosaturated and polyunsaturated fats and high vegetable intake. We kind of tell people to lower sugar consumption and carbohydrates in general. Well, I think, so, I think there, it is important to differentiate between sugars and carbs because there's, there are healthy carbs. And refined are, sugar is not one of them. There are healthy carbs, right. And I mean, I eat a ton of fruit. I, yeah. I, but since I've watched that episode, I've always liked to experiment with dieting and, and seeing how my body takes the different diets. And so I've actually ramped back my protein intake and increased my sugar intake with carbohydrates and healthy breads. Like I've, I've increased lentils and chickpeas and things like that. Um, sprout grain bread is equal bread Which, is my go-to. I mean, a lot of those legumes don't have sugar. It's just fiber and complex carbs. But I've increased fruit significantly. Like I'm eating a ton of fruit, more fruit than I've ever eaten in my life. And what I'm finding now is that it's way more sustainable. I'm satiated throughout my day and I don't find myself getting the urge to cheat with crappy food. Like, whereas when I decreased my carbohydrate consumption and I was eating a high protein, high fat diet, I still would get sugar cravings throughout the day. And so not that we're going to get into dieting or anything. <laughs> I know. But, <laughs> but no, I think it's yeah. really interesting, the whole the whole blue zone and the centarians, because while diet is a very important part of living to that age, I think there are many other factors such as access to uh, a healthy community. Again, I'm going to bring up outliers because Malcolm Gladwell talks about centarianism and how a certain community, and actual, it's actually in Pennsylvania, and it's a little Italian enclave that mo- almost everyone there lives to over a hundred. Yeah, there's really there's, pockets. there's one in California. There's one in Pennsylvania. There's one in Sardinia, Italy. Um, I believe there's one in Asia somewhere, uh, like Southeast Asia. But yeah, it's it, it, the the show. I think is super interesting. If you can, if you're either a big fan of Zac Efron or you just want to stomach him because he might be too broy for you to growing for you. I just, I recommend giving it a try if this is something that you're even remotely interested in, because I, I, if you can look past that, the celebrity of it, the information that you get from it is legitimate and it's really, really, really really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's my, that's my man crush uh, of the day. Of the day. It changes every day. (laughs) So our second article is about being able to get on planes and will you be denied after a temperature check? So some airlines are like Frontier next month is going to be doing a temperature check before you board the plane. And if you have a temperature over 100.4 degrees, you will not fly and they will help you book a flight two weeks later, but you will not be able to fly that day. Right. And so this is this is really interesting because this is everybody's question in their mind. Once you are able to travel, what will it be like? And it's still, there's so many unknowns. And the, the major takeaway for me from this article was that these airlines don't really want to be responsible for doing this. They're not equipped 
or experienced to hire healthcare professionals, right? And so, no. the, it shouldn't it shouldn't be up to the airline. This should be <laughs> this should there should be consistent leadership. There should be regulations that are broad and sweeping that every right. airline has to follow. Right. If we, want, and, and, if we want to be able to travel, it can't just be every airline doing their own thing. It can't be every state doing their own thing. How confusing would that be? No, we need to come together. Absolutely. I mean, so Delta CEO said last month that pass- passengers may be required to carry an immunity passport in the future. But again, I think that's just speculation at this point because there's still just so much un- unknown. But about- how would that be different than than going to into like Tanzania. When I went to Tanzania, I had to have three immunities prior to being able to enter the country. And I had to keep it. I still have it in my passport and it's a little yellow slip and it shows all my immunities. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. No, you know what? I didn't really think of that. You already need to get vaccinations yeah. to travel to certain countries. So How would this be this any is, different? This is just one more. That's a, that's a really good point because I, I, that, Here, that I'll show actually, you. I'll show you. I found it. What did you find? Oh man, we're going to have some dead air here. Elliot just jumped up. Oh, oh, you actually have it in your passport. It's in my passport, yeah. And it, it's like pasted in there. So you can't take it out. And I thought it's interesting that you have your passport within arm's reach. I can't, you can't read that, can no, you? No, you can't really read it. No. That's right. So what does it say? It says International Certificate of Vaccination or Prophylaxis, the World Health Organization. And then it's got a list of your vaccinations in there. I, that's pretty cool. So, yep. so, so there's no reason to not believe that that's going to happen with with COVID nineteen. Yep. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, so, it's actually quite long. Whoa, whoa! So you can yeah. fill it out completely. So like I haven't I been have, anywhere that that's required that. I've got like yellow fever, and I've got typhoid and polio. Those are my. Wow. Those are the ones that I had to have listed. So, I mean, things that we are contemplating after reading this article are, you know, how confusing will it be if each airline has its own screening procedures and are airlines experienced to institute these health screenings or will this create an industry of healthcare professionals working hand in hand with an airline? But at the end of this, you know, what do we need? And that's that's consistent leadership and regulation. And that's going to bring us right into our next article. Yeah. And, and that is that major airlines have asked for a joint coronavirus testing program so that travel may resume between the United States and Europe. And so the owners of British Airways and the United Airlines are among the carriers that have signed a letter to the U.S. and European European leaders. Uh, so EU. The, the EU, yes, as the acronym goes. So um, it, it they're, they're, they, they realize that they're not equipped to do this. And it seems like they by no means want this responsibility as they should not have it. Um, I don't know. I, it's got to go this way, right? I can't imagine not having a common procedure mm-hmm. and throwing people into a mix where you have to do something different if you're flying spirit, different it'll depending on where you're ultimately going. Ultimately deter people because it'll be too confusing. Right. Yeah. People so aren't going to want to travel if they have to do an extra layer of research just to be able to board a flight. It, it would be a huge deterrent and but not something does, that's going to be good for the airline. Yeah. So testing obviously poses its own challenges, which we've discussed, but we've talked in the COVID and COVID-19 and travel roundtable that 
was released on Friday. We've talked in our past episodes of Traveler's Blueprint Travel Bites, what it would look like and how countries would be able to reopen. And testing is one of those things. If you are able to test, you can open the market up between the United States and Europe again, and people would be able to travel relatively easily, maybe not as easy as before, but you could still have those tourism dollars going into each country. Which is priority right now. And and so in the letter of these two major airlines to the EU and US uh, governments, it says that we recognize that testing presents a number of challenges. However, we believe that a pilot testing program for the transatlantic market could be an excellent opportunity for government and industry to work together. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know if how ready our governments are going to be to just jump in and work together on this. I don't know if that's in the cards over the next month hope or so. two. It's a lot of money. And that's, that's the biggest driving factor for a lot uh, that we have going on in, in both the United States and Europe. So I think the money will be the biggest enticement to get our countries to actually work in hand, hand in hand and get this figured out. So, so as we talk about traveling internationally, we have a list of countries that Americans are allowed to travel to. And this is as of July 31st. And this list is updated fairly regularly. And it is brought to us by the points gun. Uh, so we'll provide the link on our website if you want to continue to check it out. So I'll go through the first few. I think there's 26 total. Uh, I'll list the first 13, but we'll go through the last 13. We've got Antigua and Barbados and Barbuda, not Barbados, uh, Aruba. The Bahamas was listed, but then it turns out that if you fly to the Bahamas via commercial airline, sorry, you won't be able to fly via commercial airline. You can only go via um, private jets or private boat. All right, moving on past that, Barbados, Belize, Bermuda, Croatia, the Dominican Republic, French Polynesia, Grenada, sort of, not sure why it's sort of, Ireland, sort of, also again, we're yeah, not do sure your why. Research. Do your research yeah. if you want to go there. Uh, Jamaica and Puerto Rico. Bob? Yeah, and so, well, one thing I want to note, Croatia interests me because I believe they're part of the EU, so I, I'm, I'm wondering how they, they got around that, but... Uh, Finishing up the list, we have the Maldives, Mexico, Mexico, I'm also, I'm also surprised to hear, Rwanda, St. Barth's, St. Lucia, uh, St. Martin, St. Vincent, and the Grenadines, Scalies, which is right off the coast of Africa. Right? Scalies. How do, you that? How do you say that? Seychelles. Seychelles. <laughs> and uh, Tanzania, Turkey. Also surprised to hear Turkey on the list. Yeah. Turks and Caicos. And then it says the United Kingdom, sort of, again, research it. Uh, if you plan on going there, these things change by the day. So even if we were to tell you the details of it, in it two days, it could be different. So, and, and unfortunately, most of Asia, all of Europe and all of Oce Oceania remain off limits at this time. I was looking at the New Zealand. They are, whew, no one's going to be going to New Zealand for quite some time unless they you have, have a lockdown. They are locking down. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And it sucks because that's kind of where we wanted to go. Yeah. There was one more at the end of the list, U.S. Virgin Islands. So if you were excited about that, you can still go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And if you plan to go to any of these locations, still be considerate. I mean, COVID-19, just because they are listed here, you can still get and transmit the virus. You are not immune if you travel there. 
So this actually brings us into our interstate travel and different states, like we've talked about before, have their own regulations on which other states you can travel to. And as it stands today, or as of yesterday, there are 22 states with travel restrictions to other states. And you need to make sure if you're traveling to a state outside of your own, what the mandates are and if you would be required to quarantine when you return. So Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York all have their own regulations of which states you can travel to and which states would require a self-quarantine for 14 days when you return. And everyone knows to stay away from Florida, right? Sorry, Florida. Yeah, for now, Louisiana actually is is rising as the new epicenter, I believe. Um, good. And Texas is still pretty bad. Yeah, but hey, man, at least our states are, I believe there's no quarantine if we travel from, from PA to New no. Jersey and back and no, forth. No, we so kayaked two weeks ago and you didn't have to quarantine. Right, yeah, no. Um, well, I, I, this is self-imposed too. And obviously yes. no one is watching you. No one is sitting at the border. But if you do come back and you did not quarantine and it gets traced back to you, then you will be probably be hit with fines. I have no idea what the fines are like. I'm sure that's going to vary. And this is all... This is all growing. Who, who knows yeah. how this will come back down on you, but it's honor you, system. Just yeah. don't, just don't honestly, just don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're going to the Finger Lakes in New York for in, in, in a few weeks and maybe three or four weeks or something. And that was just by chance that we booked there. We were looking at, you know, North Carolina, maybe going to the Grand Smokies. We were looking at going to Acadia in Maine, but just ended up deciding on the Finger Lakes and we got lucky that we picked a state that does not require us to come back and quarantine because I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who knows? Change. Three weeks, but yeah, I forget when what, what week we're going, but yeah, pretty, pretty incredible. So, all right. Um, on a lighter note, on a non-coronavirus related note. Oh, finally. Yeah. We, uh, TripAdvisor has announced the winners of their 18th annual Travel Choice Awards. So this, these awards highlight the top airlines and attractions, beaches, destinations, hotels, restaurants, and experiences around the world based on the quality and quantity of travel, travel reviews collected last year prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. So Europe as usual, dominates the category with the, t- the most popular destinations in the world. London, Paris, uh, Crete, Greece, and Rome are the top five. And then you have Bali rounding it out, right? So that was, yeah, no, yeah, top five along with Bali, which, man, has Bali ever not been one of the most popular tourist destinations on the planet? It, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, good, good foot, good foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you, in the States, you have Key Largo, Moab, uh, Anna Maria Island in Florida and Santa Barbara, California, and then Brooklyn. And mm-hmm. those, those were determined to be the top trending in 2020. Yeah. And something that, that was pretty interesting, these emerging destinations this year are far from the beaten path. So, yeah. man, Kaliningrad, Russia. Kaliningrad. So, Kaliningrad. Koningrad. It's, uh, I feel like I know that name from Call of Duty uh, World War II. Yes, I feel like most played, certainly. I played, uh, you know, a mission in that Russian town most at likely. some point. Yeah, that's a, that's one of the best games ever made. So, Saranda, Albania, yep. Beirut in Lebanon, Luxor, Egypt, and oof, Nawasa. How do you pronounce that in Greece? Uh, that's the best guess I have. So those are the top five emerging locations. 
Beirut, Lebanon, I think, is having some internal conflict right now, but that's not a conversation for now. So yes. I think I think they are. I don't know. On, is- on a different note, the number 13th destination, so number 13, yep, I said it, is Tulsa, <laughs> Oklahoma, which was the highest ranking for the list in the United States. Right. Who, who, if you're, if you're, if you planned a vacation to Tulsa, Oklahoma this year, reach out to us because we want to know Why? what you did. Now, Tiger King, right? But this is Tiger King was, was post COVID. So it couldn't have contributed to this list, actually. Right. But they're based in Oklahoma, that, that his whole Tiger yeah, murder prison, whatever you want to call it, because it's definitely not a sanctuary. Um, was based By the way, there, Carol so. Baskins definitely killed her husband. As, the hands down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The guy just doesn't disappear like that. Some I millionaire. We all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Carol Baskin. So uh, now Elliot, you take the next one because you're you're the foodie of the two of us. All right. Well, I'm not I'm gonna mangle these names. Yeah, that's also why I gave it. In to terms you. of the world's best restaurants, uh France has both of them and no, the top two. The top two. Top two of the world's best. Am I reading this? Did I read this completely wrong? Anyway, I'm not. Uh, Bourges du Vieux Puy in Fontjean <laughs> <laughs> Cou and La Vie Blanche in Rosfay. So they rank the first and second restaurants on, in the world. Oh, so I did say it right. Yeah, they're both in France. Yeah. Yep. The two best. Yeah, the two best, which is, right. is pretty remarkable. This is something that I want to bring back. We talked about food at some point, I think, or our favorite food. And you put France as number one, I yeah. believe. Marlia listened to that, and I disagreed with you. And she was like, well, how could you disagree with Elliot on France being the best food destination <laughs> on the planet? And at the time, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just haven't tried yeah, French, I mean, that much French food. Obviously, I haven't. But here we go. This just solidified your choice. I, yeah. So... Both of these, the top, one of the top restaurants in the United States is the French Laundry in Yountville, California. And the other one is in New York City, and it's Daniel. And I don't know if you guys listening are familiar with the French Laundry, but it's Thomas Keller. And it is one of the most, I have not had a chance to go. My dad has, and it is supposed to be absolutely incredible. Just to give you an idea, it is the prefix menu is... $310 per person. And I am fairly certain that's without drinks. But if you want the Thomas Keller experience, there is also a sister restaurant, Ad Hoc, which has absolutely incredible fried chicken. And one of my coworkers actually suggested I go there when Amanda and I were planning to go to Sonoma. And I was really disappointed. There is actually like a recipe for Thomas Keller's fried chicken. It's supposed to be some of the best fried chicken in the world. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I guess you'll have to go whenever you do make it out there. Yeah. Maybe we'll just drive. That would be a beautiful drive. Maybe right in an RV. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, th- this last story is just an update on something we brought to you last month regarding the elephant mass elephant die off in Botswana. So they've ruled out murder. They've ruled out poaching. And they're now focusing on a, the water sources as containing a potential pathogen of some kind. Or toxin. So, 
the toxin. Yeah. So they're still struggling, struggling to establish the cause of death. It's now been two months. They've submitted samples to labs around the world. The United States has some, and they're still essentially what they're down to doing is just the game of elimination. So what they actually said was in the article, it's a game of elimination where we started testing the most common causes and then move on to the less common ones. We then have to verify the co- and corroborate these results from different laboratory tests. We're hoping to provide a more concrete update tomorrow. So it, it's incredible. There has to be the water source seems the most likely, right? Um, that they're there because I, I, depending on the time of year, water sources become uncommon and elephants all navigate and migrate to the same one or similar ones. I've, I've watched documentaries where they have these water holes and elephants actually remember the locations of watering holes and they create these paths in the forest, which are essentially from an aerial perspective, it looks like veins or arteries running through Mm. the jungle and they'll just they'll, they'll follow them year after year they keep these paths and they know which ones go to which watering holes and so the entire population i'd assume or a large percentage of it are all sharing the same water source and so it's yeah. we'll, we'll we'll update you again next month on on what happens with this story or later this week hopefully yeah um but on a on a lighter note even though uh overall africa's elephant population is declining mostly due to poaching um in botswana which is home to about a third of the continent's elephants the numbers of elephants have grown to 130,000, which is phenomenal it is mm-hmm. yeah i think at one point it was under 50,000. wow that's sad yeah. that's sad all right. Well, I mean, that's great too. And on yeah. a little bit of a lighter note. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's rough talking about that, but it is nice to know that poaching isn't taking a toll. You know, something I do maybe, maybe we'll focus on it for next, next month is actual poaching. And because I believe coronavirus has increased poaching in several African countries because of the lack of tourism dollars now coming there and helping keeping uh, conservation efforts consistent. Mm-hmm. They might be. They I think that would be a good topic for a travel around table. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good point. Some conservation so. hunting. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this month, starting next week, we have Andrew Tyree again from Coast to Costa, but this time he'll be discussing his tour to Oaxaca, Mexico. And then the next two are actually two that Bob did uh, earlier this year on his own. One is with Igor Scamperin. Did I say that right? Scampion? And, Scampion, behind the scenes of Venice, and then Brandon Shaw, who is the Roman guy, tours. And this was when, you know, Bob was supposed to be going to Italy still. Yeah, yeah. This was, <laughs> yeah, we, we recorded these, um, and I April. still thought I was going to be going. Yeah, no, I think it was maybe after that. But yeah, we still thought we were going to be going. But both of them, what, we, what we've tried to do is ignore coronavirus in our main podcast line to make these episodes timeless. So the one on Venice is incredible conversation about what to do behind the scenes. We don't even really touch up on the main tourist attractions, but really focus on the the inner waterways and the alleyways and really how to explore Venice in a more authentic off the beaten pathway, which is what Igor focuses on. And then Brandon Shaw, the, the Roman guy, he's the co-founder of the Roman guy, which is an incredibly large Italian tour company, but they've spread throughout Europe now. And I think even the United States and 
That one, again, focused on what to do in Rome. But as Brandon lived there for several years, he was really able to get into detail on the different neighborhoods outside of the Colosseum and, you know, the main tourist attractions and, and bring us, bring me and, and hopefully you all into what you can do there that you might not have known otherwise. And so who's the last guest next? Last guest is Michael Hilliard, who he had, he was one of the most interesting conversations, strangest conversations too. And too many, too many whoa moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From what? Getting drunk with the Taliban to, didn't we talk about minefields in like Kyrgyzstan? He went to all the stands. He focuses on the stands and he focuses on war. And, and he likes to, and areas of not necessarily just war but conflict as well. Yeah, was he talking about gun turmoil. runners? Gun yeah. runners that were going across country. Don't give it all away, man. Oof, it was a good one. All right, so good. so yeah. As always, thank you for listening to every one of our listeners. You're our biggest advocate, and we appreciate every single one of you. If you could take a moment to share this podcast or share our video on youtube or facebook or instagram and just contribute to the growth of our show we appreciate it so much that's why we do it uh if while you're at it you know while your coffee is brewing or your tea is steeping can you please leave a review on the podcasting platform that you're listening to this on or check out our youtube maybe add a comment or subscribe just you know we're, we're trying our best to grow and if you're listening to this and enjoy it, you can contribute to that as well in a really big way. And we, we appreciate it. So in the meantime, stay healthy and stay safe and tune in next week. Thank you very much.